Hi, I'm Pastor Anna Sorensen, and this is the French Creek Lutheran Church Podcast. This is the place where I will post Sunday messages and other messages for the congregation. This podcast began in March of 2020 as we entered into the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for joining. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then, The one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you are a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you? that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Today's parable is part of a triptych. Uh, 
Have you seen the paintings where there's one, two, three in a row and they tell a story together? That's a triptych. This triptych is parables of judgment in Matthew 25. The one before this that we heard last week is about bridesmaids who fail to prepare for the long wait and don't get to go to the wedding party. And the one that comes after this is a parable about sheep and goats and about how they treat the least among them. And today, a parable about slaves who have money to use and invest while the master is away. All three of these parables come just before the events of the Passion. Jesus tells these as his last teachings in Matthew. All three deal with how people behave when their leader is not present. It's not hard to see that Jesus was preparing his disciples for when he would no longer be with them that he was giving them instruction for the life of faith when it seemed like God is absent. These parables are instructive for how God expects his people to behave while Jesus is physically absent from us in the world, while we await his return. The first invites us to prepare for the long haul. The second, in today's parable, invites us to invest boldly. And the third, next week's parable, invites us to care for the most marginalized. But let's dig into today's parable. Now we can read this as an economic parable about how to use finances faithfully while we await the return of Christ. We can also read it as how we use our individual abilities. And this parable is actually the reason that we have the English word talent. That means abilities and mental strengths. The church has been interpreting the parable that way for about 500 years. But I want you to consider today what it means if the talent, the abundant wealth that the master puts into the hands of his slaves, is in fact the grace that we have in Jesus Christ our unmerited forgiveness, and faith in such forgiveness. This is one of the great things about parables. They're multivalent, and they can comfort or even more likely challenge us in the area in which we are most in need of being challenged. And however one interprets this parable, it's clear that Jesus is inviting us to consider how we, believers, live after his death, resurrection, and ascension. How we live while we await Christ's return. Well, the first clue in this parable about how we are to live is that God trusts us to make decisions with what he has given. God has put wealth, ability, and grace into our hands. We get to decide what to do with these gifts. Now, there are three slaves in this parable. Each slave is given a hugely lavish amount of funds before the master goes away. A huge amount. A talent is about 20 years worth of wages. 
So one slave gets 100 years of wages, another gets 40 years of wages, and the third 20 years worth of wages. The master entrusts this wealth to his slaves, but he gives them no specific instructions on how they are to use it or invest it. He simply hands it over and lets them decide what to do with all his wealth. Now the parable goes on to vaguely explain how each slave does. The first entered into trading, the second likewise, and the third buried his gifts in the ground. And as I was thinking about this text and retelling it to myself in my head, I kept picturing this third slave stuffing some cash into an argyle sock, rolling it up and putting it at the back of his top dresser drawer. Same difference, right? Out of sight, maybe out of mind. And if he's afraid of somebody stealing it, they can't steal what they can't see. So this parable gives us two who go out and invest boldly and one who takes no risk at all. Bold investment yields great return, but it's not prudent. Would you put all of your boss's money in the stock market? Would you take your whole retirement fund to Vegas? No one would advise you to do that. It's not good advice. If we think about this parable as the enormous treasure being what we have in God's grace, then bold thinking and bold acting is encouraged and celebrated. The master returns and here comes the accounting and the judgment. Each of the first two slaves says to the master, here you go, I boldly invested and I made a good return. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Joy, that's the response of the master. Joy is God's response when we are bold with what he has entrusted to us. Now the third slave, however, reveals his cowardice. He says he was afraid of the master. He was so afraid that he, of failing. He knew that his master could be harsh, that he failed to act at all. And while he too was given a great treasure, this servant failed to trust the one who had given it to him. And in failing to trust, failed to act. All the treasures of God are dynamic, alive, growing. The grace of God, the kingdom of God, the gift of faith, the promise of eternal life. These are not static entities that we should hide in the dresser drawer, but they are gifts meant to be boldly invested. Wayne Gretzky, who is known as the great one, for he is the greatest NHL hockey player of all time, he said that you miss 100% of the shots you do not take.
in the game of life, God has passed you the puck. Will you play boldly, taking it down the ice, taking the shot, taking the pass? Or will you play with fear and freeze up for fear of goofing up? The kingdom of God is always growing and reaching and pressing outward in surprising ways. To be part of the kingdom of God is to be part of its bold and surprising growth. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It starts tiny, but becomes huge. The kingdom of God is like yeast. You can barely see it, but it raises a whole bakery's worth of soft, chewy bread. The kingdom of God and the grace of God are alive. To be alive is to grow, to reproduce, to change. When the kingdom of God is growing, the master rejoices. But things that do not grow are dead. The treasure given to the third slave did not grow because he hid it and it is as good as dead. In fact, it's true for us too. We have been given that talent, that treasure. We are forgiven. We hold the keys of the kingdom. Grace upon grace is our treasure. Jesus warns in this parable that the outcome of playing it safe or of not caring or of fearing to love passionately of not investing ourselves, of not risking anything for the kingdom. This is as good as death. And such a dead faith is like unto being banished into the outer darkness. So, to today. We live in a time in which there is great fear. In a time that to many people it appears that God is absent and far away. And we read this parable into our time. How shall we live while we await Christ? How shall we invest the grace of forgiveness and grow the treasure that is the kingdom of God? Will we let fear paralyze into stuffing our trust in God into the sock drawer? where it will die? Or will we call upon the faith that God has given to us, faith that is big enough to move mountains and will be bold and creative and taking our abilities, our gift, our faith, the kingdom into the world? Now, in such a time as this, with pandemic raging, it calls for creativity. It calls for compassion. It calls for bold, new ideas and ways. The good news is this. God's treasure remains the same, given to us in our hands. But our means of growing it must adapt to the days in which we live. May God grant us such faith that we trust and not fear. 
May God grant us such faith that we be bold and creative in our witness. And at last, when Christ returns, may we too be judged. Well done, good and faithful one. I gave you much. It grew. It lives. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen.